Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host as always, Alex, and with me this week I have Mike. How are you, Mike? Yeah, I'm doing well. How's it going? Yeah, pretty good. It's uh, always nice to get another win under our belts. It's four from four now in the league, which is uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, and no goals conceded yet. The last team in English professional football not to concede a goal. So it feels pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I forget. I think the last time I was on this, uh, it was right before our... A, a tragic defeat to Wigan, um, <laughs> yeah. so it uh, it feels great to be back on a um, yeah, I guess four clean sheets um, and still the only team that hasn't conceded. Yeah, I saw the stat on um, on Twitter that you know if you'd said that the team that was conceding almost three goals on average last season would be the last team to concede a goal, it would be uh, pretty remarkable. Um, but here we find ourselves um, a one 0 win over Plymouth on the weekend, which was um, another great result and and. In fairness, probably should have been more than one goal in the end. We had quite a strong first half, um, some really good chances for, for Adelican to get another goal. Lewis Potter, um, Doherty had a good chance as well. And then uh, Lewis Potter had a chance, chalked off for offside in the second half as well. So, um, you know, I, I think it was uh, Ryan Lowe, the Plymouth manager, who came out and said that there'd be a lot of teams that would come to the KCOM this season and really wilt under the pressure from, from performances like that from City. Um, and, and look, you've got to take really strong positives out of a performance like that. Yeah, and I think I think Ryan's co- like Ryan Lowe's comments are, are a given. We're a team that just kind of came down from the championship, and 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 for a championship team in League One, we haven't lost that many players, so we still have um, a very strong uh, caliber side. And and I and you said it before, we we should have put the game beyond doubt. Um, I think if if we're all, we're all good at looking at positives, but I think one potential negative is we're just not putting teams away early enough. I think yeah. last season us would have conceded in the 90th minute, um, <laughs> and then it would have been a nightmare. Yeah, look, watching it live, um, I I did sort of still have the scars from last season of just expecting that goal to come for Plymouth. The way they just sort of started to um, camp outside our, our box and fire shots at us um, towards the end of that game. And I think they probably were encouraged by the fact it was still 1-0 and that meant they still could get something out of the game, even even in the last minute. Um, and you're right. I mean, the fact that we're sitting second in the table despite such an impressive start is because of goals scored and the fact that uh, Lincoln have scored more goals than us. And um, I think, you know, you're right. If there is something to take away from the start of the season in, in a sort of a, a learning capacity, it's that we really need to start taking more of our chances. Yeah, and I think that's going to improve in the next few games. I mean, Wilkes is back, uh, Eves is back in contention, uh, and and I'm I'm pretty keen to see what happens with the front three of Lewis Potter, Adelukan, and Wilkes. And you and you mentioned there as well that um, you know the the team that we have now is quite a strong one compared to last season. I mean, it, it's a really weird situation where I, I almost feel like our stro- uh, our team this season is stronger than the side that we had last season. You, you look at the fact that. For most of last season, we had Lehigh as our only senior right back. And then at the end of the season, didn't even have a senior right back. Now we have two in, in Emmanuel and Coyle. Um, we've strengthened our midfield, if anything, and, and we've strengthened our attacking options. Yes, you could say, obviously, you know, Bowen and Grzycki notwithstanding, but once those 
guys, those guys left the squad. Um, I don't think you could really put these two sides side by side and think that the uh, championship version was any stronger. Yeah, I agree, and I think that comes down to the recruitment. We we not. I don't. I think what we've done in the past is we've gotten players either on loans or freeze who we don't necessarily need, but they were just available. Yeah. Whereas I think this season there was a, a very strong focus of, okay, there are certain positions that we need to fill, right back being one of them. I think we recognize that having one right back, I mean, we saw it last season. It, it, if he gets injured or if they're not playing well, there's no one you can rotate with. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think this season there's a lot more depth and it's evenly spread as opposed to last season where we kind of relied too much on Grisicki and Bowen to get things done. Um, and in, even saying that, the players from last season, I think they recognised how poor the second half of the season was. And, and it seems like they've put in a lot of work off the field, um, as in training. Because you yep. look at, at Burke and, and Yordi, and you can't really fault them in the first four games of the season. Yeah, no, definitely. And look, you, you talk there about um, having stronger depth. And, and what did you make of the lineup against Plymouth? Because I think it was Batty's first start of the season. And I thought him and Doherty in midfield really, especially in the first half, really ran the show and, and, and set up a lot of our chances going forward. They, they really gave us a really strong engine in midfield. Yeah. And and you and I spoke prior to this, and, and we both agreed that Doherty's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. Mm. Um, his header to KLP to put Adelukan in was incredible. It was perfect pace, perfect positioning. And he just, he, he has a massive engine. He's, he runs, yeah. he runs, he runs. But he's also really gifted in terms of like his, his footwork. Um, he's a very smart player. And I think he's probably been one of our better signings. Um, but yeah, lineup wise, I think really good lineup. I think McCann realized what kind of style of football Plymouth would play compared to Northampton and made the, the changes for that, Batty being one of them. Um, and it seemed to pay off. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I guess looking back on the game then, who, who would you have as your 3-2-1 and one as MVPs for the match? Um, personally, I think, you know, another outstanding display for Ad- Adelican was probably my my standout for man of the match with his goal and um, a number of other chances that he, you know, he, he set up a good chance for, for Arniman, um, had another good chance set up for him from Lewis Potter, um, so looked really lively around the field. Um, you know, Ingram, again, uh, just week to week, giving us so much confidence starting from the back. You, you've got to feel that, as you say, you know, Yordi and Reese would be building in confidence on the fact that they have a keeper behind that they can rely on. Um, but even in saying that, he's barely facing any shots because of the defence in front of him. But um, he's just been tremendous in goal. And, you know, again, Emmanuel for me is just such a live wire up and down that right-hand side and, and really gives us good width in, in attacks and, um he, he sort of tired towards the end of the game, but he's just been putting in a tremendous shift over these first four games. Yeah, I uh, I agree with your, your three and your two. Um, I, I, Ingram had a, a very crucial save as well in yeah. the second half uh, that, that, that kept us in it. Uh, and for someone who hasn't faced many shots, he was uh, quick on his feet. I think for my my one would have to be KLP. Yep. I think you can't you can't write Lewis Potter off. He got into the right positions. I mean, we spoke about the goal that was chalked off, uh, questionably. Um, <laughs> he got into he got into a lot of good positions that game. He put in the he get he put in the assist. So I think it'd be too hard to overlook that. But Emmanuel's the kind of player that you, every week you'll you'll want to see him in your three two one. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's just, incredible he, quality. Yeah, and he's just so flashy as well. So whenever he's on the ball, you really notice 
his um, his chances. Because as you say, I mean, looking back at the highlights again, um, I do sort of think that Doherty is probably stiff not to have been mentioned more on this podcast this season. And I know he, he does get a lot of love on um, Twitter and, stu- and stuff like that. So it's not that he's completely forgotten about, but um, he, he's just, you know, a bundle of energy. And as you say, his engine's just immense. And the fact that he was willing to sign t- with a League One club when, from all reports, there were probably championship clubs interested just shows how fortunate we've been and how much of a find he really could be for us. Yeah. And I'd want to say as well, I think it kind of, it gave us a bit more confidence as a club that he'd back us. It's almost as if he expects us to get promoted or if he wants to be part of that journey to get us back to the championship yeah. and, and to come to a league one club over a championship club, it almost guarantees a starting spot. Yeah. And no, I think definitely. that's what he wanted. Definitely. Definitely. And um, he, from every, from all reports, he's you know is an ultimate professional. His fitness levels and everything on the training pitch seems to be um, really high. So he, he's not taking the chance for granted. He's putting the effort in, and, and it's certainly showing on the pitch so far. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens when someone gets injured. Though I think we've had the first four games of, of everyone's been pretty fit for mo- was, most part. For the most small, part, Smallwood's been out, but yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be as the the current eleven that that we yeah. put forward. If a key member like I guess Burke or or Yordi or Lewis Potter were injured, I, I'd be interested to see how he respond to that. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll knock on wood. Hopefully, there's no, yeah. no serious injuries in the squad. I, I know McGann was sort of saying that um, there's still the potential to bring players in if 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 there are a few injuries, but hopefully that doesn't occur. Um, yeah. Well. We'll talk a bit about um, a few off-field issues now and we're sort of um, starting to get a little bit of confidence as the season progresses, four wins on the trot now and, and starting to look up the table, uh, you know, so to speak, up to the championship as a potential um, end goal for the season. Um, and I think you raised an interesting point on the weekend while we were sort of watching or, or discussing the game and it was around the Alums and their ownership and it's a sort of a topic of will they, won't they, which comes around every season, it seems, or every six months, even whenever there's uh, new rumours of takeovers. Mm-hmm. And wanted to get your opinion on whether you think if we were to go up, would, would that be almost a perfect opportunity for them to sell? Would they look at that as an opportunity to push on and maybe make another play for, you know, the Premier League payday? Or, um, you know, it's always a hard one because you look at it as when we get relegated, is that a chance to sell because there's been a failure of a season, but then the value of the club's so low, so they'll hold on. But then when we get promoted and the value's high, that's when they sort of want to hold on and keep the momentum going. So uh, where, where do you see their ownership as it stands and, and potentially if there was a promotion in the near future? Yeah, I'd pay to be a fly in the wall in the boardroom. <laughs> um, I, I mentioned it to you guys. I think it's a really tough position. If you look at it as a business, which inherently the club is a business, it made no sense to sell when we when we got relegated. They they didn't change their asking price. Uh, I think only after no one had had jumped in, they accepted that they had some debt and they lowered the the asking price. I think it was down to thirty or something. Um, they have to sell for us to get back into the Premier League, and I will stand by that statement. Uh, regardless if we get promoted or if we're still in League One this season and we get back to the championship next season. There's not enough... I I think there's not enough vision from them to get us back into the league, into the Premier League. I think at the moment 
their sole thing is can we recoup the money we've put into this club yeah and if that is the if that's the vision of a of a director and of a chairman then the club is never going to succeed because it's going to be put to second after the money yeah and i know there are people who disagree and there are people who who might agree but i think it'll be a really interesting end of the season if we do end up in the promotion spots and we do go back up because I think that'll define whether we become a yo-yo club or whether we actually make the push to the Premier League. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's going to be interesting, you know, not getting ahead of ourselves too much and talking of potential promotions. But um, if this calibre of squad can be kept together and can build together, there is the potential to um, become quite a solid team in the championship potentially. Um, I think you're right about a lack of vision as what would stop us from going to the next to the next level. Um, I think they were quite fortunate when they appointed Bruce that that was almost an appointment by mistake or by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sort of an outside recommendation that that, you know, I think Bruce came in and talked about promotion in three years and it happened in the first year, which is quite a fortunate sort of set of circumstances. Um, yep. I, I don't see that sort of repeating itself with the um, current manager or current players necessarily unless someone like a Wilkes suddenly hits 20 goals a season and hits yeah. crazy form or, or Lewis Potter or someone like that. Um, but, look, it, it's an interesting one to ponder and I think it's only going to become a more interesting picture as the season progresses and as chances firm or fade about promotion. Um, so it's definitely one to, to watch. Um, sort of more on the field than off it is the Player of the Month and Manager of the Month nominations were announced with um, Honeyman and McCann both being nominated from City along yep. with um, Magic Gomez from Doncaster, Joe Pickett at AFC, AFC Wimbledon, Alex Palmer at Lincoln City as the players, and then Michael Appleton at Lincoln, Lambert at Ipswich, and Darren Moore at Doncaster. So, um, you know, it's a similar set of clubs for both the players and the managers as it usually is. Um, where where would you see McGann and Honeyman as sitting amongst those nominees? Would you? I mean, for me, I'd probably lean more towards McGann as edging it than Honeyman, probably because you could look at our record and say, well, they haven't conceded a goal yet. Uh, apart from not scoring more goals, they can't really get more perfect than that. Yeah, I agree. I don't. Honeyman has been incredible, and I think he's put in a real shift. Um, but I do think McCann is is a lot more likely, purely given the fact that we yeah we have not conceded yet. Uh, we've gone a perfect four games, and I, I mean the Lincoln boss is obviously very close in contention as well. I think they've scored 12 goals. Um, but again, they, I think they won their last game 4-3. So it was quite quite a close call. Whereas for us, it's been pretty, well, I wouldn't say pretty, I'd say very solid performances. And we haven't really looked like we were going to lose any of the games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then on the topic of McCann, um, the, you know, there, there's been mixed reactions on Twitter to our start to the season insofar as some really praising McGann and I I would say deservedly so in the sense that as we've already talked about his um, tactical reading of the games has been really spot on so far Um, but then there have been those who've reminded us of the fact that we wouldn't be in League One if it wasn't for McGann's failings last season. Do you see the narrative of his redemption in the eyes of City supporters? Do you see his sort of um, uh, rise of popularity as deserved or do you think it's almost, you know, this season is an expectation of promotion and then he has to prove himself if and when we go back to the championship. 
I think if we were to go this entire season undefeated, people would still complain. <laughs> yeah, look, that's probably fair. Yeah. Um, I He's a proven League One manager. So if we look at last season, I think people hastily forget the first six months. Um, we were, I mean, we were just outside top six yeah. uh, on, on New Year's Day. Uh, yes, we lost our two best players, which I don't think we can just attribute our, our downfall to to the loss of those two. Um, yeah, yes, and I know we won't forget that, but we're expected to go back up this season. And I think, given his caliber and given the caliber of our squad, it's almost more pressure on him this season to get us back up than it was last season to keep us up. Yeah, I would say that's probably fair. But now, the part that I'm concerned about is when we do, if, sorry, I'm going to say when, because I think we'll go up. When we get promoted, I don't know if he can be the manager who keeps us into in the championship or gets us promoted from the championship. I know we're thinking very far into the future. Mm, mm. But I think if we're really serious about going up and becoming a, a strong championship club before going into the Premier League, I don't know if he's necessarily the manager for that. Well, that, that, that raises the interesting question. Do you think the Alums would learn from potentially, you would say, the mistake of last season? And, yeah, again, as you say, we, we, we are going very far ahead here. Do you think that he would be under a lot of pressure in the championship, as you're saying? Or do they sort of, again, look at it as, oh, well, if we go down, he'll just get us back up again? Well, I'm hoping they're not there to make the decision when yeah. we do go back up. Uh, if things don't go the way I want and then they remain at the club, I think there shouldn't be that pressure of you have to keep us in or, or, or like the, the relaxed, I guess, narrative of, okay, if you don't keep us in, whatever, we know you can get us back up. Mm. Um, that's not on McCann. That's on the owners. And that's, yeah. on, that's on their drive. That's on what they want for the club. Uh, the manager just falls in in line with that. Um, I think McCann himself will want to prove him prove everyone wrong. Yep. I think he knows he's a much better manager than he showed in the last half of the season, and I think it's not fair of us to not give him that chance. Yeah. No, I think that's that's perfectly fair. Um, well, we'll we'll look ahead now to uh, well before we look ahead to the Fleetwood game, we'll do our player review. Um, reviewing a different player each week and uh, looking back on their City career so far. And this week we're looking at Callum Elder, who, look, if we're going to say that Doherty's going under the radar in the City 11, I think Elder's almost the forgotten man. Um, I think you'd look at that 11 that comes out each week and not disrespecting Elder at all, but he's he's completely flown under the radar since he's come into the side. Uh, following the Leeds game in the Cup, I believe he's basically been in the side replacing Fleming at left back. Um uh, we were sort of talking before the podcast about trying to cast our minds back and think who's been our left back each season. And, um, you know, whether it was uh, Kingsley um, for, for spits and spurts or it was Max Clark or it was um, Lehigh playing on the left, um, we haven't really had a consistent left back since Andy Robertson. And um, Elder, I think, coming in from Leicester for about £200,000, had a... I wouldn't say a stellar reputation. I think he struggled on loan at Ipswich the season before, um, didn't play a whole lot in a side that got relegated. Um, 
and and came into City and, and really made his mark. And, and you know, there was talk of a Socceroos call-up before he suffered an injury last season. So he's been a terrific signing, I'd say, at left-back and, and really exceeded expectations, um, you know, to the, to the point where um, we haven't really needed to look to strengthen our left-hand side um, since this season started we've we've signed two right backs um but we haven't needed to look at the left hand side of defense really so he's a really assured option there McCann clearly trusts him from I think they were at Peterborough together previously um and and he's just a really consistent reliable um option at that left back slot what do you make of his career so far yeah I think he's I think he's settled in it at Hull I think he may have struggled at Leicester uh, and Ipswich but I think coming here and, and really having the position sort of laid out for him and, and said, here's your position, make it your own. Uh, and it's, it's what he's done. And I mean, I, I don't think I'm of the few who, who won't forget how he was last season. I think he had a spell where it was quite poor um, and, and I won't forget us getting beaten down that left side quite a lot. Mm. I mean, he left a lot of space open. He wouldn't track back as fast um, as I guess we'd expect. But I think this season, and it probably comes through, I guess, COVID and uh, and I guess the off season. He's put in a lot of work, um, and albeit that the opposition is not as as strong as it was last season, um, but he's been one of the most consistent players we've had. And I think if he doesn't get injured, he'll probably be our most consistent uh, player this season. What do you see as um, as the area that he probably needs to strengthen the most? Uh, I mean, you could say he he could get forward a bit more to offer a bit more in attack, but even then, um, you know, as you say, when he was poor last season, it was because he wasn't tracking back enough. And, yeah. and when you compare him to his um, predecessor in Kingsley, it seemed whenever Kingsley played, there was just endless space down that left hand side yeah. for, for opposition. So. I'd almost say um, his his defensiveness is one of his strengths. So um, I, I don't know. I, I don't quite know what would take his game to the next level. Maybe it is just a bit more attacking ability. I'd say set pieces. Mm. Um, I, we, I think we've all seen him take a few. Um, and in corners as well. I mean, free kicks and corners. I think he's got room to improve. I, I think not many times have I recalled him delivering a, a great ball. I think it's either not beaten the first man or it's gone past everyone. Um, so I think if he, if he wants to be that, I guess, complete wing back, then he, he needs to work on, on his crossing and, and his set piece skills. Fair enough. Um, well, we'll look ahead to the, to the game against Fleetwood, which is um, bright and early Saturday morning, quarter to six uh, Australian time. Uh, televised on KO, Fox Sports, BN Sports um, for everyone down here. Uh, international break weekend, so no uh, Premier League or Championship football, so really taking centre stage this week. And they've clearly chosen one of the best teams in League One to, to set off the uh, <laughs> the weekend, which is which is great. Um, Fleetwood's an interesting club because managed by Joey Barton, who um, is probably known by a fair few as having a fiery temper when he was in the Premier League at QPR, um, finished off his career in... Um, um, shame, I guess, with his suspension at Burnley for um, gambling mm-hmm. uh, and hasn't really stayed out of the limelight at, at Fleetwood. I think he was, well, I, I think he was charged with assaulting the Barnsley manager back in April of last year. I don't actually know. I was trying to do a bit of research on this. I don't actually know if he was found guilty of it or if it's still kind of ticking through the courts. I know he pled not guilty. So um, certainly no stranger to controversy. Yeah. Um, 
Fleetwood, of course, sold us uh, Louis Coyle over the summer, so um, he would have been pretty keen to to line up against them. And it's pretty remarkable, I guess, that Emmanuel has has made that right back slot his own. Um, and, and I guess you know Fleetwood haven't had a great start to the season. I think they won their first game against Burton, um, who had a man sent off in the process. Um, but since then, have lost three of their games. Um, we've actually got someone watching live who's just commented saying these poor farmers don't stand a chance, which, I, you know, it, it is what it is. I think I think the uh, the League One teams certainly um, are finding it hard to deal with us at the moment, I think. Yeah. So what do you make of this game? I mean, credit to them. They beat Villas under-21s this morning 3-0. I don't know how, I guess, I don't know how much you can look at that. Uh, they beat Port Vale in the EFL Trophy 2-1 as well. So they've had wins, um, but yeah, I mean, they lost Everton 5-2, which was expected even to a second-string team. Um, I think, look, we're, we're too, I think we're too good. Uh, they they have a, a history of conceding a lot of goals. If you look at the end of their last season as well, even though they had a few wins, they, they barely kept any clean sheets. You know, they kept a one in about nine. Um, and I think with Wilkes back and potentially Eves, our attacking lineup is just too much. Um, and given the way that we're defending at the moment as well, I think it'll be hard for them to get through. And look, it's interesting. We we're talking before the podcast about how um, how to judge our start. Four wins from four, but three of them against promoted clubs. Fleetwood yep. were a team that made the playoffs last season. Um, and, you know, Gillingham were probably, I think they were top half last season as well. So if we were to pick up a win against Fleetwood, it starts to paint a much better picture than just beating up on, you know, small clubs. Um, so it's an important game in that sense as well. Um, Fleetwood, you know, they, they play a 4-2-3-1, so um, probably pack that midfield a little bit more than us. Um, so we'll be relying on, you know, Doherty and, and potentially Batty if he's to start again to, to be playing those balls up to our wingers. Um, how do you see the lineup? I know you just mentioned Wilkes potentially being back. Would you would you throw him into the lineup? Would you potentially start Eves or, um, you know, not, not change a winning formation? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I think whenever we've seen Wilkes in the nine role, he's made it his own. I know he's typically a winger, but I think having him play in the nine with, I guess, Adelukan and Lewis Potter on either side, that's a lot of pace. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of pace. It's a lot of creativity, and it's proven goal scorers as well. I mean, Lewis Potter's got two. Adelukan's got a goal and an assist. He started I, – I think you can't get rid of Adelukan. Um I mean, Doherty starts. I'd give Batty a nod again. Uh, the back four is solid. And your man, but, and your man, um, who who you coined as the the maestro, not even getting a look in after um, he, he's one as well. Who had a really good kind of bright start with his first two games for us, and then yeah. just through through virtue of Adelukan having a great debut as well, he, he's he's having to bide his time. Yeah, no, I, I know. It, it's an interesting, it, and it's a it's a good problem to have. And I know yep. managers will say it all the time, but having a selection problem like we have at the moment is, is the best position for us to be in because it means we can bring someone on in the 60th minute or 65th minute and just let them run and let them run. At and they're hungry. Exactly, and they need to prove right? They need to prove yeah. that they, they need to be in the team. Um, so I, I don't know if Scott's, still, if Scott's in contention for a spot, um, but he's someone I'd throw on in the 65th minute if we're even one nil up and just say, run at them put balls in, run at them, shoot. Um, I think will be too much. And it's interesting to know, and I know we don't necessarily refer to betting sites as a, 
as a as a standard, but we're two fifty to beat Fleetwood. And I think as a team who's come who started the season four unbeaten and and not conceded a goal, I think that's. I'm not sure why that's going on. So unless this yeah, I, I I was looking at that as well, and I actually had it in my head that Fleetwood had had a better start to the season than they had. So when I saw that they'd lost their last three in the league, I was yeah, I was a little bit miffed at that. But maybe it's the fact that we only won one nil at home to Plymouth, and um, and there's maybe, maybe a bit of um, uh, perception that we got a bit lucky. I, I don't know. As you say, I think the fact that Fleetwood are quite leaky and concede goals um, really plays into our hands, and, and I think. It's no coincidence that our two two wins at home have been one nil, while our two wins away have been two nil. It's because of the fact that away from home, um, our opposition are more likely to to run at us and leave space in behind. Um, granted, Plymouth did that a little bit on the weekend as well, but um, I think we're going to actually get more opportunities for big wins away from home, where where teams probably see the the need or the the opportunity to go at us, and I think we're going to soak that pressure up and. And hit them right back. As you say, the options off the bench just make us such a dangerous proposition for any side in this division. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think even with the likes of Meyer, who has been who's shown to to put some incredible balls in, um, he makes a, a very strong bench. And I think if anyone who makes our bench would easily be able to make a starting eleven of another team in League One. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. Um, what is your score prediction for this one then? I'm oddly. I mean, I last time you asked me this, I said we were going to beat Wigan. So yeah, um, no, don't 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 remind me of that one. Yeah. So on that note, I'm going to say we're going to lose three 0 No, I'm joking. I think we'll, <laughs> I think we'll win three 0 Yeah. Um, I think we'll keep our our uh, strong defense tight. I think I think we're not going to concede. Um, and I think well, I'm praying Lincoln lose as well, so we go out right top. We're going to concede after the first minute now, aren't we? <laughs> well, 100%. No, do you know what? It's actually been so nice to not see us concede within the first five. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I just can't fathom how, how it's changed so much in such a short period of time. You look at the Premier League, for instance, and you look at the kind of scores that we're seeing because oh, teams, haven't had the, haven't, teams haven't had the pre-seasons or they haven't you know been able to gel. We've brought in eight or nine players, so a whole lot more than a lot of those clubs, Chelsea and so on, who've brought in a number of players as well. And our players just... They seem to be playing so well together. It's it's quite remarkable how um, how it's worked out. Yeah, and I think and and people are going to scrutinise me for saying this, but I think the attitudes that you have in a Premier League team make it inherently harder to gel uh, and to to have that uh, quote unquote camaraderie mm. uh, in a team. But I think when it comes to League One, you've got hungry young players who are just there to. I'm not going to say have fun, but to to run and to to win, and I just they don't care about the egos. I mean, yeah. most of them don't care about the egos. I mean, from our team, I don't think many will. Um, and I think that's really helped us, and and potentially with McCann as well, who's quite, who seems like a, a very down to earth coach. Um, yeah, and you just don't get the problems that you'd get at at the Premier League level. No, definitely. Um, Well, long may it continue. It'll be great if we can keep this run going. Um, I think it's now approaching a record set in the uh, 20s, I want to say, back when we... we, Well, I mean, we've got two different records that we're approaching is the uh, nine wins to start the season, which was in the 60s, I think. And then there was the clean sheets, which I think the record is five in a row to start the season from back in the 20s, I want to say. I I I thought it was four. 
Um, potentially, I, I thought I thought there was a I thought it was five clean sheets in a row, and so I think okay. they're talking about the fact that if we get this fifth one, it will actually it'll be our it'll be our equal longest record of starting a season with clean sheets. But um, either way, look, if we can continue to keep clean sheets and keep the wins going, it's already you're starting to see a bit of a gap at the top of the table. Um, only after a few games, I think we're already four points off third or fourth in the table. So. Um, keep it going and, and you start to build a bit of a gap, which means that you can have, you know, if you, you don't want to have a slip up, but it means you, you can afford to have one and, and still retain um, the top position. So yeah. long may I continue. And uh, yep. thank you for joining me this week, Mike. Thank you for having me. Look forward to, to Saturday morning. Absolutely. And thank you for listening in. Uh, drop us a like, share us around um, if you can. I'd always appreciate the support, everyone. Um, we do have a Patreon as well if you feel so inclined to to jump on board and, and give us some support that way as well. Always appreciated. But until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. Going higher and higher There's no turning back